welcome to 321 I Relaunch, the podcast where we discuss strategies, advice, and success stories about returning to work after a career break. I'm Carol Fishman Cohen, the chair and co founder of I Relaunch, and your host for today. Today, we welcome Liz Brown, business law professor at Bentley University. We are going to be talking about Liz's relaunch on the tenure track in academia after a career break from her successful legal career at a law firm. Liz is also the author of the book, Life After Law, Finding Work You Love, and we will talk about that too. This podcast is part of our series within a series of Life After Relaunch, in which relaunchers take a retrospective look at their relaunch years later. Hi, Liz. Thanks for being with us today. It's great to be here, Carol. So happy that that we get to have this conversation. Liz, you have done what some would consider the impossible. Get on a tenure track in academia after a career break and with no prior work experience in, in academia. And before we get into the details of how you did this and your thoughts af- about after you, these years you've been after your relaunch, Please tell us how many years have you been back to work and how long was your career break? And I know that you're going to say it depends what you mean by my career break, but maybe walk us through the different stages. Sure. I started my career break in 2008 when my daughter was born and I spent a year and a half not really working. And after that point, I started doing a couple things part-time, which led to my getting a full-time job in academia on the tenure track in 2013. So between the time I left my full-time job as a lawyer and the time I started my full-time job as a professor was five years. The time I was home without working at all for money was about one and a half years. Got it. Okay. And I'm going to want to ask you a little bit more detail about some some of the things you just mentioned. But before we get into that, can you briefly tell us what you were doing before your career break? I was a practicing lawyer working for very large law firms representing very large companies doing primarily patent litigation. And I did that at firms in San Francisco and London. And finally, I came back to Boston, which is where I'm and- Liz, what happened, like, how did you make that decision to leave your firm? Your daughter was born, and then you realized you had been in law practice, I don't know, for how many years total, and it was time, or like, what was your thought process? My thought process was a little muddy, but in general, I had been practicing law full-time for 12 years at that point. I had had made partner in my firm. I had done a lot of very interesting legal work, and I initially really loved being a lawyer, but over time became more and more dissatisfied with it and didn't really see whether I could get out of it in any kind of successful way. And I didn't even really know myself how I might define a successful transition, but I did know that In my experience, people who had made partner, who had done well, tended to stay where they were. So I kind of felt stuck. And I had that stuck feeling for a while. It got worse when I got pregnant with my daughter and I started feeling really strongly that I wanted to find a way out of what I was doing. 
I had a much stronger sense of wanting to leave than my sense of what would I do instead. Got it. Okay. So you ended up taking the career break Um, for a year and a half. You said you were not doing anything at all work related. And then talk to us about what you started to do that ultimately led to your new career path. I started getting out of the house and talking to people about what else might be out there. And I also started thinking to myself about what a rewarding career would look like and considered things like, well, how important is money to me? You know, at this stage, I had a new baby. I was trying to, for myself, figure out how important is it to me to make lots and lots of money versus how important is it to me to be really happy if I have to make a choice between those things. So a lot of introspection um, followed by a lot of getting out and having coffee with people and learning more about what other people did and what other careers were out there. Because honestly, I had no idea what other people did all day, having only ever been a practicing lawyer. Right. And I love what you're illustrating here, this whole concept of getting out of the house and going public with your job search, uh, even at the point where you're not exactly sure what you want to do. Uh, Some people are afraid to be out there having those conversations uh, because they haven't figured it out out yet, but you could argue that's exactly when and why you should be out there having those conversations. Yeah, I think it was really daunting for me because it was challenging to be vulnerable to people about really not having a clue what I wanted to do next. And at this point, I was in my late 30s, and it felt embarrassing to not know what I wanted to be when I grew up. But I eventually got over that and started thinking strategically about what I had enjoyed doing in my career, because I had enjoyed a lot of the aspects of my law practice, but I knew for sure I never wanted to go back to a law firm because the billable hour requirement was going to make it impossible for me to spend the kind of time with my daughter that I personally wanted to spend. Right. And, you know, what you're saying reminds me of a quote that a relauncher told us when we were doing the interviewing of um, people on career break for our book back on the career track. And I would almost say that you were the one who told us this, but I think that you were on your career break after we had done this research. Here's the quote. Tell me tell me what you think. It's figuring out what you want to do is a problem. It's a vicious circle. You can't figure out what you want to do because you don't know what's out there. You have to talk to people to find out what's out there. But when you talk to people, they ask you what you want to do. And if you don't know, they think you're an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember thinking, that feels just like I felt when I was trying to figure it out at the beginning. Yes, we struggle so hard for legitimacy and respect, and then we chuck it all. (laughs) I did, I did not say that, but I wish I had. <laughs> okay. So um, can you talk about, after you started having those conversations, I know that one of the things you did was to become um, an adjunct professor, uh, which is something that we sometimes recommend to relaunchers for whom that's the right choice, because it's almost like an internship in a way. It's a dip your toe in the water, teach one course or two courses a semester, and you're renewed on a semester by semester basis. Can you talk to us a little bit about 
how did you get that role and how did it work for you and how were you able to put a course together and just what happened then? Sure. So the way I got the adjunct teaching role was by going to a program that was similar to an IRE launch conference, but not as good as an IRE launch conference. <laughs> and it was a it was a, a way to put structure around these questions that I'd been asking myself. Uh, the program was at the time run at Bentley University, where I teach now, and it encouraged me to think about many different career options, most of which I had never really considered before, put me in small groups with other people who were also taking a break, and we helped each other brainstorm. That program was run by um, a woman who took me aside after the program ended and asked me if I'd ever considered teaching business law. And I had, I had not, because I assumed that teaching business law meant teaching in a law school, and that would necessarily require talking to law students. And honestly, who wants to do that? So right. she then pointed out that, no, no, it was possible to teach business law at a, at a college or a business school. I had no idea. And so it was really through her kindness. She offered to introduce me to the person who was then chair of the law department at the university where I teach now at Bentley. And she gave me the opportunity to teach my first class as an adjunct, which to be honest, I wasn't sure I wanted, but I thought, well, let's experiment. Right. You know, I, I remember because I was uh, involved with that program and I remember, I think that's where we met. I did the kickoff keynote at the beginning of that program. And I remember I'm pretty sure that that person who's the chair also was someone who was a lawyer, not a PhD, who was um, the head of that business law uh, department. Is that correct? She became the chair of the department later. Yeah. Um, she, she became my boss. <laughs> <laughs> that That's great. Yeah. So I think it's very interesting um, what you're pointing out here, because I, too, would have just assumed that you somehow had to have um, uh, like, I don't know, a PhD or a master's of law or something that, that w was different than being a practicing lawyer as, as a, um, as being a part of your background to, you know, then launch a teaching career. So I was really fascinated uh, when I heard that, that, that you were taking this uh, pathway. So what did you teach and how did you develop a, curriculum or were you taking over someone else's course and you tweaked it? Well, most of the time in my experience, when adjuncts are hired, they're hired to teach an existing course. And the existing course means that there's already a textbook, there's already a sense of what the students have to learn each class. And so that's what I did. I basically inherited a course. Yeah. I, however, had to scramble to put together PowerPoints and determine what I was going, how I was going to teach and learn on the fly. How do you teach people these things? I'd never done it before, but it drew on a lot of the skills that I had liked using as a lawyer, you know, getting up in front of a group of 18 year olds is not that different from getting up in front of a group of jurors and helping them understand something. Right. So it came, it came more naturally to me than I, I think I would have expected. Oh, that's a that's an excellent 
insight and and just parallel and talking about transferable skills that you might not have expected. Uh, so what happened after that? How long did you teach? And were there any other milestone moments there before you, I don't, and Axel, actually, maybe you can talk about how, what was the conversation that then led to you actually getting on the tenure track and joining the full-time faculty? Well, I think it probably helped that I didn't know how hard it was to go from <laughs> from being an adjunct to to go to being on tenure track. Uh, nobody told me that was a dumb thing to do, so I I didn't know it. But what happened was pretty much immediately after teaching my first class, and it is like an internship in that you barely get paid, mm-hmm. you know, to do yeah. it, to be an adjunct. You, you're doing it, I think, if for yourself and for your own education to make sure that you don't invest too much time in a career you don't really want. I loved it immediately. I loved talking to students. I loved being in that position. I still love it. You know, I'm very, very grateful for the job that I have now. And then the question was, okay, how do I translate this adjunct gig into a full-time position. So I started trying to answer that question and I went to professional conferences and I met other people who were tenured or tenure track. And I started trying to fill up my resume with things that would be attractive to a university hiring a tenure track professor. Mm-hmm. and making myself the best possible candidate that I could be, even though there were absolutely no job openings at that time. What year was this? This was 2010. And when you're saying, are you, were you saying you did research? Like, what were those things that you had to be doing to make yourself an attractive candidate? In my field, you have to publish, you have to teach, And it also helps if you do some kind of service, but it's primarily publishing scholarly articles in law journals and having some teaching experience. Mm -hmm. So I started doing that without being paid on the side um, because I wanted to get that experience. And I thought, you know, if I'm not successful publishing at all and I truly hate the process, then I need to reconsider whether or not I want to go into this field because that's part of the job. Mm-hmm. As it turns out, I met people who were, and I met them at these professional conferences that I basically just showed up to. I met people who were willing to to co-author articles with me and they became my mentors. Ah, and okay. it was fantastic. Um, so did when you were having conversations with people at these professional conferences who ultimately became your co-authors, were you just laying it out for them and saying, hey, I was a partner at this law firm. I took a career break. I'm doing this adjunct work. I'm very intrigued. I'm really looking to try to make this my full time career and get on the tenure track. And part of that is pub- is working on articles. And here's some ideas I had like. Is that kind of what the conversation was like, or was it something completely different from that? Initially, I was more hesitant. Initially, I I wasn't sure that this was something I was going to want to do. At the same time (laughs) as being an adjunct, I was also trying out another career. I had, in addition to being an adjunct, I had another part-time job where I was working with an angel investor firm, and I was trying to get a feel for whether I liked managing 
also. So I was a little bit more hesitant than that, I think, in approaching mentors. I certainly didn't say, you know, this job that you have that you've devoted your life to, I'm not sure it's a great, you know, I'm not sure it's all that. I did not say that. (laughs) Right. But I did say, I would love to publish more and learn more about the publishing process. And I fell in with an incredibly generous group of professionals. And I have found that that was not, that was not unusual. It was unusual for me because most of the lawyers that I'd worked with were nice people, but by nature competitive and not always as supportive as you might want them to be of each other. But among the business law professors that I have met, there was this genuine camaraderie and people just helped me all the way along. And so I really make it a point to try to help other people do the same Very interesting. Um, I want to remind our listeners who might have just tuned in that you are listening to 321 I Relaunch, and this is Carol Fishman Cohen, your host. I'm speaking with Liz Brown about her relaunch and career transition to tenure track law professor at Bentley University. And we're um, in the middle of talking about Liz's relaunch. But Liz, I want to move uh, a jump ahead a little bit and talk about um, where you are now looking back on your years um, uh, in the field now, and um, just wanted to get your perspective about, you know, what do you, what is life like for you now? Do you even remember when you relaunched or is it now feeling like the distant past? And when you're thinking about those milestone moments, when you're having these conversations at professional conferences about publishing and all those little pieces that ended up to uh, with you getting this tenure track role. Um, do you think, oh, is there anything I should have done differently or are there are lessons learned? What would you tell our relauncher audience about that in, in looking at the retrospective uh, perspective and just in general, your thoughts? I have to be one of the happiest people I know. And that is not my nature. <laughs> I didn't just grow up happy. I It was pretty much the opposite. But I feel like what I do now, teaching business law and writing about business law, is a perfect fit for my skills. It energizes me. It interests me. I'm excited to come to work. Uh, that's a very unfamiliar feeling for me, uh, or was when I when I first transitioned out of law practice. And I just feel incredibly fortunate. And I would say that I kind of wish I had done it sooner. On the other hand, looking back, it was important to me to try to, I guess, prove to myself that I could make partner. I'm not really sure why it was important (laughs) at the time, but it was. And so I'm so glad that I did it. I'm glad I took the time to do my homework before I really launched into my job search. Because when I launched into applying for this tenure track position in academia, I was extremely well informed about why I wanted it, why I'd succeed in it. And I had started to demonstrate that I was likely to succeed in it. And I think that's challenging for people who are starting a second career. So when you say you were starting to demonstrate it, was uh, how did that manifest itself um, in terms of the kinds of r- ratings and reactions you were getting from students in the classroom, um, the fact that you were able to 
publish or co-publish and, and where those, uh, that the, those publications happened? Like what were those key pieces that ultimately made you the strong candidate? Well, you're exactly right. I had started publishing articles. They had landed well in fairly high ranked journals, not, not right out of the gate, but they were starting to be picked up by better and better journals. So I had published a few articles by the time I finally had a full-time opening to compete for. And I started my full-time teaching here at Bentley on the tenure track in 2013. So when I applied for that job, I had already demonstrated, look, I can publish, I have published. And I was able to show that I taught successfully at Bentley. So the people who were hiring me could look at student evaluations of my teaching and say, oh, she's actually done a pretty good job. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I find that employers want to minimize risk. So the more you can demonstrate how, you know, how well you fit their criteria already, um, which sometimes takes just a little creative reframing, the better for you. Um, and you seem to have a very vivid memory of all of these past events, and they don't seem to be vague at all to you, where sometimes I know with me, when I'm looking back in the past, some of these events seem to like glom together, and, and I don't have that vivid recollection. But do you specifically remember these different stages of, wow, okay, I'm an adjunct, or wow, now I'm really um, full-time, and how does this, how is this feeling, not only on the professional side, but on the personal side, and with my family? And was it this very gradual, smooth transition? Or were there hiccups? Or were there ever moments of doubt? Or how did that go for you? I wish I could have planned it the way it all happened. I feel that it was just fortuitous that I started working full time the same semester that my daughter started kindergarten. Um, but it wasn't, it's not accurate that to say that I, you know, I planned it out that I was going to be part time until she started you know, being in kindergarten, it just, it just kind of came together. Um, mm-hmm. And I only got my job because somebody else decided to retire. And I competed for it, along with many, many other people from across the country and a much stronger internal candidate. So I remember that whole process vividly. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, I I think it's an incredible story, and it's so interesting to hear how you approached it. Uh, now, you know you're over five years in. Um, anything that stands out to you um, about the transitional process and um, the, in the la- just in the last five years, like your life as a relauncher now, five years out uh, after your full time launch. Um, that you think would be useful for our relauncher audience to be aware of? I think that it's hard to overvalue personal happiness. And I'm somebody who grew up not really associating work with happiness. But one of the questions that I asked myself when I, when I relaunched was, how important is money versus, how, versus time versus satisfaction? And, you know, when you're relaunching, it can be like playing whack-a-mole where you have all these different considerations and you're trying to balance them all. I, what, what really stands out to me now is that I, I think I'm a better mother and wife and friend because I like my life, because I like mm-hmm. what I do. Um, and I think it allows me to be more, there for the people in my life more than I've ever been before. Yes, 
That is, that's so important and so instructive. And I completely agree. Um, can you talk about a completely separate side project that you were working on while you were doing all of this work um, in business law and getting on the tenure track? You actually, at the same time, wrote a book called Life After Law. I don't know how you had time to do that, um, but can you talk a little bit about the book and um, maybe about some of the people you interviewed for the book? Yeah, Life After Law actually grew out of my research related to relaunching. I didn't understand what people did after they left their law firms, because when I was in a law firm, nobody ever really talked about that. And so I started asking around um, in order to find people who were former lawyers and were now much happier doing something else. And the minute I started asking my acquaintances about that, I was flooded with suggestions of people that I talked to. And so I interviewed about 100 former lawyers who had gone on to do this really wide range of other things like opening bakeries and being rabbis and being management consultants and being headhunters. And I talked to all of them about their career transitions. And as I did, I started developing a theory of what makes a successful transition. And then I thought, I wish someone had written a book <laughs> describing this theory that I could have read when I was starting this whole process myself. And so I just decided to write that book. And uh, any themes or advice that came up um, when you were in that research process or since the book has come out. And, and I understand that you also have a coaching practice now where you work with um, people who are lawyers or were lawyers who are trying to look at what all of their career options are. Any comments from um, what you've learned by working with this pool? Yeah, I have a theory and here's my theory. It's that people who are drawn to law tend to have one or more of a finite set of skills that they really like using. And for some of them, it's writing. And for some of them, it's advocating or managing or counseling other people. And the people who have made the most successful transitions into other fields end up using those same skills that, that attracted them to law, that they used as a lawyer, maybe, but they find a different way to use those skills. And so this book that I wrote, um, with the full title is Life After Law, Finding Work You Love with the JD You Have. Mm, great title. Thank you. Tells the stories of people who have made these transitions, but groups them by skill. So, for example, if you really love to write, and that's maybe one of the reasons you went into law, here are the stories of people who also love writing and here are the range of other things that they did after law school and after practicing law. So the most important thing anybody who's relaunching can do, I think, is to take a step back and figure out what skills they love being good at and want to get paid to use and use that as the basis for relaunching their career in a different way. And as a, as a counselor, I help people figure that out and then help them structure their search to be not only successful, but happy, because that's really the point. There's no, you know, I think 
the most important goal somebody can have is relaunching is finding a work that they want to come to every day, not just work they can do. Liz, we haven't talked at all about your family in this whole relaunch process. And I want to know if you can tell us about um, what it was like for them during the transition and if they even remember when you relaunched in the first place. Well, before talking with you today, I actually talked with them to ask them what their memories were and what their thoughts were about my relaunch. And it was very interesting to hear what they had to say. My daughter doesn't remember the early days very well because she was a newborn. This all happened between the time she was born and the time she started kindergarten. But she did say very emphatically that she was very glad to have me around as much as I've been and that she's excited that I like my job so much. So although she doesn't remember the details, she's very much on board with my relaunch. You know, I have to say that's one of the great things about academia is that you have more flexibility during the course of your day than you do in some other types of jobs. It is true. And it's wonderful to have that flexibility. Now, you know, as soon as she goes off to do her homework or play or go to a lesson, I'm back on my email talking with students or I'm, you know, doing more work after she goes to sleep. But having the ability to be with her in the middle of the day and just being next to her has been invaluable just for me personally in terms of my own happiness. Um, I, she, she seems to appreciate it. Uh, I think it's good for her too, but primarily it's been great for me. Right. That's great. Any other family members have any comment about it? Yeah, my husband has been amazing. He was surprised by my decision to relaunch. I mean, we talked about it quite a bit, but when he met me and when he married me, I was a partner in a law firm. You know, of, of course, we talked about the drop in income the significant drop in income quite a bit. And he really just wanted me to find something that I would enjoy and that I loved. So he's been very supportive as well. He vividly remembers what a change that was. Um, it's, it's so important and so helpful to have somebody standing by you who can kind of be patient while you figure things out. Got it. Uh, well, thank you for talking to us about that. Um, Liz, I want to close with the question that we ask all of our podcast guests, and that is, what is your best piece of advice for our relauncher audience, even if it's something that we've already talked about today? Do your internal and external research. Spend some time thinking about what experiences you've had in life that you really enjoyed, that really made you happy. And see if you can figure out, extrapolating from those times, what skills you'd really like most to use in a new career, even if you don't know what that new career is. And then go out and talk to people, have coffee with friends, get together with acquaintances, ask to talk to people you don't know, and learn about other people's careers so that you can then figure out how to dovetail the skills you want to use with some career out there, which may be something that's totally unfamiliar to you. So do a lot of thinking about your past experience, do a lot of talking to other people, and don't be afraid to not know the answer right now because it will come to you. It always does. 
I love that advice. Such excellent advice for our relaunchers. Thank you, Liz, so much for joining us today. It is always a joy to talk to you, Carol. And Liz, can you tell people how they can find out more about your coaching practice and life after law and the work that you do outside of academia? Sure. At lizbrownjd.com, you can learn more about my book, Life After Law, which is available on Amazon. And you can learn more about career consulting and talking with me if you would like just a little help on making your transition. Perfect. Thanks for listening to 321 I Relaunch, the podcast where we discuss strategies, advice, and success stories about returning to work after a career break. I'm Carol Fishman-Cohen, the chair and co-founder of iRelaunch and your host. For more information on iRelaunch, go to iRelaunch.com. And if you like this podcast, be sure to rate it on iTunes and your favorite podcast platform. And be sure to share this podcast with a friend on Facebook, Twitter, and other social media. Thanks for joining us.